This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, Steve Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? Nothing. You, you look better than I do today. I'm a, I'm a bit out of sorts. I got trash last night. I've been I'm, taking it easy. The weather's been shitty, so it's hard to go out and get booze. You know, what, what happens if you... If you get if you're drunk and you get rained on, it just kind of ruins your buzz. It's hard to get home from the bar when it's raining. You know, you got to walk or stand outside waiting for the bus. It's just, it's not worth it. Yeah, but then you don't need to take a shower. It might smell better. It's the true. Next day. True. Sometimes I put some soap in my pocket. I've just had a wicked hangover today. It's probably one of the worst I've what had in a long doing? time. Well, so last night I went out to. Uh, well, I went to the comedy store to go catch up, catch some stand-up comedy a friend was performing, <laughs> and uh, it was—I don't want to say awful, but it was definitely uh, difficult to stomach because you have to well, sit through. Well, I mean, any comic when they're working on their routine. Uh, no, he wasn't that hard. bad. He okay. wasn't that bad, but it was—you had—he was one of like fifteen comics. I think at least fifteen. We oh. left before, but he was like probably number thirteen. Yeah. So the show oh, started so at eight, and I'm like shit. sitting there. Yeah, I'm like sitting there till about ten thirty. What's weird about that? The comedy store is owned by uh, Polly Shore's mother. Like really? Famous... I've heard that. That's how he got his start. Is because you know nobody would obviously book Polly Shore. Yeah, he's he's he just worst. There are comedians there. These awful comedians are better than Polly Shore now. But um, you hear a lot of a lot of male comics talking about beating off, and a lot of female comics making jokes about menstruation. Yeah, there were quite a few menstruation jokes, actually. There were like three female comics, and each one had a whole men- menstruation bit. And then there was uh, there were a couple dudes talking about jacking off. Yeah, I think a lot that's, of, when, you, when you start, when you're an up-and-coming comic, that's kind of all you have to talk about before yeah, you but actually you know, thought, thought of anything unique. I saw Brian Posehn like uh, a couple months ago, and that's what he was talking about. Well. Jacking off instead of taking yeah. care of his kid. <laughs> he's polished the uh the nuggets the, that he's jack off jokes with. yeah <laughs> that's some good material though don't discount the jack off jokes oh i i use jack off anecdotes on the podcast all the time i'm not naysaying it well what's funny about the the comedy store there's the main room which is huge and that's where like big comedians perform the headliners like lisa lampanelli or or sure. or other paula poundstones and then Don, there's Don the, Rickles. Then there's the original room, which is where like 
I guess the second tier performers sure. go on. And then there's the room way in the back, upstairs, called the belly room, that are just the unknowns. And that's where my friend was performing. And that, you still have to pay 10 bucks to go to there and to, to go into the belly room. And you have to order, it's like a two-drink minimum. So yeah, comedy like, clubs have, have always perfected this weird minimum amount of drinks you have to buy thing, which I don't really get. Well, it kind of makes sense. Those jokes, those horrible jokes are kind of funnier when you're drunk. I imagine. That does make sense. Now that I think about it, it makes perfect sense. They should almost make it like a two-joint minimum. because so you're gonna... it's, it's accomplishing two things. They're guaranteeing that you spend a minimum amount of money, but in reality, they're guaranteeing, more importantly, that the audience is a little bit drunk, so they're actually laughing and not just sitting there stone-faced, thinking about their taxes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it puts you in a more social mood. Yeah. So I, I was there for a little, you know, kind of sitting through... Um, Oh, it was tedious. Just so sitting through all these comics, just kind of dealing with it. And some of them were had a couple funny jokes, but it was pretty bad. But you know what? My hat's off to anybody that would get up and do that. Because that takes balls to get up on stage. I don't care where you do it at, but it takes balls oh, I couldn't to do, do it. it. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> I maybe, impressed I, by it. I could maybe be the unknown comic. <laughs> if I wore a bag over my head, that'd give me confidence. <laughs> Keep that so, in mind if you ever decide that we should like do the podcast live, that I... I even though everybody knows who I am, I'm still going to have a bag over my head. Well, what about Mexican wrestling mask? Sure. All right, that works. That's good. It's equivalently the same thing. So anyway, my friend went on, and then I ended up uh, being liberated from that horrible place. And uh, another friend of mine um, called me up, and she was like, hey, you know, I'm at this uh, club in Hollywood. You want to hang out? And, I, you know, I've, since I've been here, I, I've only been to one Hollywood, I'd say, quote-unquote, Hollywood club. It's not really, definitely not my scene. It's also just this a is, really... This is with a bouncer at the door who lets you in or doesn't let you in based on the way you look, that sort of thing. Is that how you differentiate club from bar? Yeah, but I think that's, that happens typically on like the weekend nights. During the oh, week, week, I think night. they're a little more lenient. But this one... All the rabbles allowed in. This club wouldn't even allow anyone in. You had to know somebody to even get in in the first place. That, that's oh. probably why I never hang out at these places. And not to mention, you don't know I, anybody. <laughs> well, I don't know anybody, and I and I feel self conscious even going there because I'm probably not, you know, nearly as attractive as anybody in the room, and 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 not to mention you're paying, you know, two times the price of a normal drink at a regular bar, just to sit there and listen to shitty music with beautiful people that you're not going to be able to fuck. But you feel special because it's exclusive. That's that's the purpose of being there, right? I guess some people do. I don't. I feel self-conscious, and I feel depressed. <laughs> you feel more like a troglodyte in comparison to all the beautiful people. Well, yeah, and I, I, I leave there feeling depressed and uh, disconsolate because I was, you know, I look at them and be like, wow, you know, I don't have as near enough money to, to buy a bottle of Belvedere vodka at my bench seat, you know, to have bottle service at my, my table. Therefore, I'm not surrounded by these Russian supermodels. Um, these people are far more successful than I'll ever be. True. And I'm sure their parents just gave them the money so they didn't have to work at all. It's, it just, the whole thing just makes me just, yeah, just filled with just anxiety and depression. I, I don't even like, that's probably why I don't like to go to those places. And not to mention the music just fucking sucks. It's like, uh, what were they Skrillex, playing? Was it like, disco? No, now it's like all Skrillex, just Skrillex. Oh, one dubstep disco. song after another dubstep song, and then maybe a pepper and a hip hop, like a new Lady Gaga song or something. Is it so, super loud? Yeah, and you kind of have to, you kind of have to yell. So it's sort Smoke of hard. Smoke machine. 
Paint the picture for me. <laughs> now, well, so this is what's interesting about a lot of L.A. clubs, and I've only been to two, so maybe I don't know that many, but I guess the club is cooler if no one knows about it. So that's why my friend who was at this club, she called me up and she's like, well, we only got in because of my friend got us in. She's like, so when you, call, when you get here, park. She's like, but don't valet because it costs $35. <laughs> I was like, 35 bucks to fucking valet your car. Like, Plus, worry. that's just another source of embarrassment when you're you're like valeting your your dented Prius, and like the guy in front of you is in a Bentley, and the guy behind you is driving some sort of a Lotus or a Ferrari. Yeah, my dented Prius that I can't even and afford like, to get the dents you're like, out. Take care of it, buddy. As you hand the key over, he's like, "Yeah, I will. I'll try not to fucking drive it into the dumpster." I just I found just found a spot and then walked over there, but um. She was like, call me and then I'll walk you in because we have to have my friend walk you in. It's like that exclusive of a club. And what's, what's interesting about this place, you wouldn't even know it's a club. It looks like a greasy shithole restaurant called the Papaya King. I've, the I've walked by King. it. The Papaya King. It, it, it you're, just, you're not, you're not uh, sacrificing your safety here by sort of telling the secrets of the club, are you? You're not going to be hunted down? Well, I think people in the... Uh, maybe. Maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag. I You'll don't never know. be letting to, invited to another club again, mister. I don't you're think any of ball. our fans would really want to go to this place. Maybe. I don't okay, know. Sure. But it's, it's one of those places, and I've been to another club in L.A. like this, too, where you kind of have to walk through the kitchen and the bowels of the restaurant to get to a door in the very far, like in the in the complete back of the room, back area of the room. They open it up, and there's this beautiful, amazing club that is like they spent thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to create. And it's this one big, huge open room. This one had like exposed brick. It had like, uh, it was kind of like um, um, Bourbon and Branch, one of those mixology type of feels to it. So it was kind of sure. 1920s themed. Like a yeah. Boardwalk Empire speakeasy. That's what they're going for. Okay, got it. And there's a but, stage. But, and, to put a, a Boardwalk Empire speakeasy with dubstep. With dubstep playing. And oh, the, there's also a, a band um, or stage, and there's a band playing. Um, it was this, this guy, Mayor Hawthorne, who's like a soul singer from Detroit. So they'd stop the dubstep to play soul. That was actually better than the... Uh, yeah. But he was playing a secret show. And that's why we're there is because my friend's friends who got us into it all work for some record company or artist management or some shit like that that they all do out here and this place was just exactly how would you picture an la club to look like it's like filled with just beautiful russian supermodels and just being like really good looking men and everybody's tall and just like attractive and you, you stand there like wow i would never these these girls are so far out of my league i mean maybe if i was famous and then, and I'm sure there were famous people there, but I never recognized anybody. So at one point of the evening, you're like a weasel among gazelles. More well, more like an aardvark. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I sure. would say aardvark. Whatever mammal you want to use. But so anyway, um, my friend was talking with her friends. I was just kind of standing there next to uh, there's a bunch of people in their group, and I was talking to this like old black older black guy. He's probably like in his forties, and he was cool. I was chatting with him, and we were both pretty wasted. I mean, we had been drinking. Like we, they had a bottle, so we, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll just keep pouring vodka." Because these drinks are like sixteen bucks a piece if you go to the bar. Is it being bogarting their bottle service? Well, no, nice. that dude just was like, he was holding the bottle and was just oh. like, "You want some more? You want some more?" It's a party. And I was like, right. oh, "He's cool." And so I was talking to him, like, you know, how how do you pick up on these chicks? These chicks are amazing looking. Like I don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like if I walked up to him, you know, this little five eight scrawny Jewish guy. 
with big nose and glasses, just like, hey, how, how are you doing? My name's D. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Would you like a drink? You know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I just, these <laughs> girls are like foreign and they're, they're not even tens. They're like 11s. These ones go to 11. They're that hot. Yeah, got it. So I'm looking at, hot. I'm like telling him that there's these two chicks at the bar. He's like, and he looks at me, he's just like, all you got to do is just go, hey, girl, what's up? You look fine. What's going on? You look fine tonight. He's like, that's all you got to say. And it's I was looking true. at him like, well, maybe, I guess. I, I don't we're know. Just, if... We're just too f- fearful of rejection. <laughs> that's why we don't do that. Do you really? It's not think... like you're going to get laid by not saying that. Yeah, so but okay. But well do it. you think you could walk up to some super hot Russian supermodel chick, lingerie model, or Victoria's Secret model, whatever, and say, "Hey, girl, what's up? You look fine." Oh God, I would not even <laughs> be in this club. As soon as I went through the door, I'd be like, "I thought this was a Vietnamese gambling den back here." <laughs> I was looking to bet on some Russian roulette, like in the Deer Hunter. And then I would walk out and maybe pick up some greasy food at the papaya den or whatever the fuck it's called. And I'd be like, I'll be out here eating fries. Just come get me when you're done in there, D. Not <laughs> Just my eating scene. the fries of sadness. Yeah, well, I'd be pretty happy with the fries. <laughs> <laughs> it's the rejection that makes me sad. But no, so, no. I, I'm, ve- I'm very much a coward when it comes to you know approaching the 11 range women. Well, so anyway, I, you know, a little later, I went out and was smoking with my friend, and she was like, you know who you're hanging out with? And I was like, who? She goes, that's the Giza from Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, wow. I was just like, really? Well, no wonder. No, idea. no wonder that dude could probably go up to any chick and just be like, hey, what's up? You look fine, because he's the Giza. I mean, what am Maybe. I going to say? You know, I'm D I, from Wu-Tang Clan. Any, I don't think it's necessarily that any chick is going to be receptive to it. But when they do reject him, in his mind, he can just be like, I'm in the fucking Wu-Tang Clan. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm the Jizza. Yeah, you should have said, well, <laughs> if you make me a, an official Wu-Tang member, then maybe that's something I can use as an entry point of the conversation. Yeah, I wonder how I could join that clan. Do they have any white Jews in that, in that white Jewish guys? In that clan? So. You could even say, you know, can you just make me a temporary member, you know, deputize me for the day? Kind of like they do with uh, Steven Seagal, how he's a lawman. <laughs> I'll be the <laughs> Jizza. Be like, the Woo Man. <laughs> D. Simon <laughs> is the Woo Man. Tonight on Discovery Channel. He prematurely ejaculates because he can't rap. That's why we call would, him the Jizza. I would, actually, I would actually watch that show before I'd watch the Steven Seagal show. What, me you just go around to hip hop clubs and say like, well, I've officially been made a member of Wu-Tang just for the show. <laughs> And you go up and like you know do the equivalent things that that Steven Seagal does as a lawman, but you're just like now a temporary hip hop star. It would be better me just smoking blunts with the guys and then going up and trying to convince these girls. No, seriously, I am a, a Wu Tang member. They made me a member for a few days, and uh, yes, I am down with this shit. This is my camera crew, <laughs> Discovery Channel. Of so, course, you're going to be smoking blunts. I mean, it's the Wu Tang. So regardless, you gotta watch a lot of kung fu movies and shit. Dude. So regardless, I ended up getting wasted. We left that place and and we went to like another bar that was open late night. Drank to like four in the morning and then came back here, me and my friend, and uh, drank more. Didn't didn't switch to water at that point. I continued to drink more, and it's you know I got a it was a work night. It was like Tuesday, you know, or what was it last night? It was Wednesday night. So I woke up today, and I got to get up around nine with just probably one of the most soul-crushing hangovers I think I've ever had. It felt like my brain was just fractured, like fractured. The front of my like cerebral cortex, fractured. I've been half. there, my friend. I've been Ugh. there. 
So uh, you know, I was like sitting there trying to work, and I click on uh, I click on the internet to go check out the Facebooks, and the first article that pops up is uh, this this thing that that I just wish I had, but it's not. It doesn't actually. It's not in in service just yet. But so in Las Vegas, there's a bus that cures hangovers in 45 minutes. Hmm. Interesting. Many many of the worst hangovers originate in Las Vegas. By yeah, my I, experience. I think that's where the hangover actually is created. It was created originally <laughs> in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, you know, we all have our hangover remedies. I have mine, and I'm going to share it um, in a second. And uh, Wackily, I'm sure you have your time-honored traditional hangover remedy passed down from Grandpa Wackily <laughs> to Daddy Wackily <laughs> to you. <laughs> my, my parents actually do not drink that much. Fun fact. <laughs> They have more. They have more in their declining years, but uh, they're really new to it. Compared, you know, you had to have had an alcoholic in the family, at least one. Uh, not Where did you get this no. magnificent tolerance? Extended, like you know, uncles and that sort of shit. They have to jump back to that. It's your Scottish roots. That's probably what it is. But anyway, we all have our own hangover remedies. But um, this just sounds. This sounds incredible. And if I had extra money, I and if I was in Las Vegas and I want some money. I wouldn't hesitate to do this. I yeah, mean, it's free, funny money. Dude, 45 minutes and you feel great? Ready to start going again? That's the worst part about being in Vegas. Is you fucking, when you go to Vegas, and most people that have been there can, can empathize with me, you get to Vegas, you're excited. You can do shit all night. And that first night, that first Friday night when you get there, you blow your fucking load. You're out till what, 7 in the morning? Nothing closes. Not not one single thing closes. The liquor stores don't close. The bars don't close. The The restaurants obviously don't close. Restaurants don't close. There's no reason to go to bed. Yeah, and and you do that. You party it up crazy. You have a crazy, insane night, and then the next morning. That's why a lot of people. You really just need one night there. But the next morning, you wake up and it's just uh, yeah, it's the 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 worst, like most godforsaken hangover you've ever had. But the and it's dry, it's dry there. It's in the middle of the fucking desert. There's, there's, there's no business. This, this giant city has no business being where it is. It doesn't even have any business even existing, really. I mean, I, mean, I love not, it. Is there a reason for Vegas? Debauchery. <laughs> Prostitution. So but my point in saying that it's, it's dry is, is you wake up, you're super hungover, and you're also super dehydrated, which... You're dehydrated when you're hungover anywhere, but the desert environment dehydrates you even more. So check this out. Tell me if you wouldn't if you if you wouldn't try this if you had the money. A new IV procedure designed to rid the body of the toxins that cause hangovers may soon just be a phone call away or a bus stop if you can actually make it out of bed. The <laughs> the company's called Hangover Heaven. I actually contacted them to see if they could talk to us, but uh the guy never got back to me. Back Maybe at a later date. A new concept by a board-certified anesthesiologist, Jason Burke, who plans to administer his own concoction of vitamins, medications, and amino acids on a traveling bus along the Las Vegas Strip. So it probably operates, you know, morning hours till like, what, the afternoon, early evening? And uh, Sounds I, like it. But, uh, but it sounds like they also, he plans to make uh, hotel visits. Like, you'll send somebody out to your room if you can't even leave your bed. I've been that hungover a couple times. <laughs> a house call. A house call. Hotel call. He claims his FDA-approved treatment can cure 90% of hangovers in 45 minutes. Huh. I wonder if he'd put money on that. Yeah, is there a money-back guarantee? Because, 
I feel like I, I could challenge his statistics, you know, his averages. Well, listen to this. This is, what, this is what the website states. Quote, no matter what you drank the night before, if you're feeling like you want to curl up and die the next morning, hangover heaven can get you back to feeling good in 45 minutes. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted. I, uh, you know, I'd almost take money out of the sick and wrong fund. Go with you to Vegas and just buy you an an insane, incredible amount of alcohol, copious amounts of booze, and then pay for the one of the the treatments just to see if it if if it works. Would you do it? I would probably do it. I'd take that challenge. <laughs> we should almost. I would hate you for that. it on the second day. I'd be like, "This was the worst idea ever." But but you're saying so most of the this is all intravenous or there's one part of it is because that's a little that's a little. I guess I don't really have a problem with IVs, but I could see how some people get. So they're going to jam a needle into my arm and pu- pump saline in. Well, this or does okay. or does the needle contain all these stuff you're talking about? How he he said he had a, a patented uh, or whatever his own he special had a for- formula, he has a formula, amino acids and vitamins and all this shit. Well, this is the way it works. It's a, it's a bus featuring two lounge areas, six bunk beds. It'll circulate the strip starting April 14th, so this weekend. Um, once on the bus, the physician will take a brief medical history and assess your hangover severity score. I wonder exactly how that works. Um, yeah, I do too. Is it just based on a questionnaire or is there blood pressure and temperature taken and all that stuff? I think he just smells your breath and then looks in your eye really close and he's just like, holy shit, (laughs) how much vodka did you drink? All of it. I wonder what would happen if we just put Bob Madigan on the bus, if they would just be like, all right, we're done. We're out of business. <laughs> we're okay. done. Fuck out it. of business. Our work is finished here. <laughs> we had a mission statement, but this man, Bob Madigan, has just crushed all our hopes and dreams. The bus would just melt like the Simpsons, <laughs> radioactively just sink into the ground. It'd be mad, like matter and antimatter coming into contact. <laughs> So once they assess your hangover severity score, uh, numbing me- medicine is applied to your skin, and a small IV will then be placed. And most people find it, find it painless when you, when you start receiving treatment. So there's four packages, or three packages, three packages that you could do. There's one just called Redemption. This is the uh, least expensive one. It's just 130 bucks, $130. Wow, still pretty expensive for being the least expensive. Well, you get intravenous hydration. So you just get the vitamins just fed, fed to you intravenously, and 45 minutes later, you're cool. Then there's the salvation package. Next step up, that's $200. This includes intravenous hydration, anti-nausea, anti-inflammatory medications, and vitamin supplementation. And then the most expensive treatment for the high rollers here, $400 in-room treatment, which includes a doctor coming to your room and administering two bags of IV fluids, IV anti-nausea medicine, IV anti-inflammatory medicine, and IV vitamins. It's your pinfish in there. Everything's a straight IV. I can see how how this IV thing is is very desirable. Because when my worst hangovers, the first thought that that pops into my head as my eyes creak open through the crust is, and this always happens, the same thought, is nothing goes in the mouth. <laughs> I don't know if other just... people have that same thought. It's just like I am not I cannot put anything in my mouth right now. And so people always say, "Oh, we should just drink a bunch of water or eat a big greasy cheeseburger." But the the worst hangers or hangovers I have 
that is like the worst concept I can think of. I think it depends. I think it depends because there, there's been time where uh, you know, especially when I when blow is involved. But you, you just don't eat. You don't. You didn't eat anything. So you wake up in the morning, and not only are you just like your your heads, your heads just uh, your brain's fractured. You're in a lot of pain. You're starving. You know. Sure. So, so I've had I've had those hangovers where I'm like, God, I need some like scrambled eggs and toast or something like that. But We're the, talking about different levels here. I, I'm, yeah. I'm what I'm saying is I might be that uh, malnourished and dehydrated, but my body has gotten to the level where it's thinking, all right. You put so much bullshit into me yesterday, last night, this morning, that I am rejecting all input from you for 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 the time being till I notify you otherwise. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't like, think yeah, I've been I'm really level. hungry. I'm completely dehydrated. I can barely breathe. My mouth is so dry. But my the, the ultimate c- commandment for my body is nothing goes in the mouth. You know, Wacker, I think you just made like six listeners sober now. <laughs> After hearing that, I never want to feel that way. It's tough love, people. Like you'll never Jerry, drink like I'm like Jerry today. Blank with you know my speech. <laughs> I give it before high school. So they say here on the uh, the the website advertises now you can go out and have a good time with the knowledge that if you drink a little too much, your hangover will be gone less than an hour. And so they include a, a testimonial here from a guy who said at the hotel I had around thirty drinks. It's a lot. But that's you, a lot. But over the course of how many hours? That's the thing. He says <laughs> there's prob- only 24 hours in a day. <laughs> I mean, come on, 30 is a lot. He says we probably called it a night around maybe six in the morning. He goes, and I okay, woke up at well, eight, eight thirty. My hangover was when I woke up. It was a ten, maybe an eleven. He said he actually called the or got the service in in this hotel room. So he got the the four hundred dollar in room treatment, and. uh he said it was when they, when he was administered the uh, the IV. It was a cold, tingly feeling, and you just feel great. You feel refreshed. Mm. You feel crisp. My hangover absolutely gone. Zero. No more nausea. No more headaches. I'm ready to go back out and drink again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do they provide any auxiliary services? Like, oh, by the way, I also shat the bed. Can you clean that up? <laughs> and uh, there's a dead crack whore over there. Can you get rid of her? Yeah, can you uh, roll up that dead hooker in the carpet? Because I'm, I'm hung over. I feel that's like the shit. next level. That's the next level. They don't even publish that level. You gotta, you gotta know somebody there. Yeah, you gotta know the wolf to do that. Do you? I got a question for you. Do you think there's anything morally questionable about this? I mean, even in, even within Las Vegas, there's poverty, <laughs> children who don't have enough to eat, yet you know. Dudes like us are spending what five hundred dollars to get rid of our hangover. Could buy a lot of government cheese and rice aroni for those kids. Yeah, but I mean, if you, just, if you just if you just put up with it and suffer like a man. Think about it this way, though: you're going out there and you're spending all this money in the city of Las Vegas, buying more drinks. Those casinos are taxed heavily. They can buy the welfare bread for the poor. <laughs> sure. You know, all right. It's all not right. our trickle down. Not our trickle down economist. Right. Got it. <laughs> So the website follows the or offers the following disclaimer in small text. Alcohol overdose can kill you, and hangover heaven cannot reverse death. Do not drink more than you should because you think hangover heaven can bring you back to life. It cannot. Well, not yet. Don't you does think al- does alcohol overdose actually kill you or is it like you choke on your vomit? I mean, it's like a secondary effect. I think yeah. Like, I think if you, you take too much die. heroin, your heart stops, right? 
No, I think uh, I was reading something about um, hazing at some fraternities, and you know your blood alcohol level if it reaches a certain point, just, like a point four, toxic. You just poison. You, it's toxic. You just poison your liver. Stops functioning. You just die. Okay, but do you, sure. do you think if like maybe in twenty years and through scientific advances advancements, do you think if hangover heaven can eventually be like okay, well, if you do, if you are poisoned by alcohol because you drank so much. In the first three to four hours, if you call us and we administer this like concoction of medications and sustenance, we'll bring you back to life. You know, if you if you drink, you know, if you get to that point where you're you're dead, we can actually reverse death only in the first three hours. Do you think people would be like, "Well, fuck it, I'm going to drink till I die"? Well, what do you do then? You call them the night before. Hey, by the way, I'll probably be dead in the morning, so come by. Well, no, you tell your buddy. Your oh, buddy, buddy like, system. hey, don't forget, man. I only got three hours. <laughs> Once I drink this uh, this forty drinks tonight, <laughs> so it's kind of equivalent to the designated driver system. But they, you know, you got to be like, oh man, I hate being the designated live guy at the end of the day. <laughs> so so unfair. I don't get to drink myself to death. I only Desi- have to just get completely shit faced. Designated drunk nurse. I don't know, man. This this service sounds great to me. I would do it if I the, if I was in Vegas. I've had those hangovers in the morning. Like today, I would have totally done that. I would have went and I would have withdrew one hundred twenty dollars from the ATM up the street, and I would have ordered this service. I'd have walked over to where the buses and been like, "IV me. I can't feel like this any longer." Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would. Maybe if they had a home kit, you know, that you go to Walgreens and you buy it, and it's not really even effective, but you think you're doing something. Maybe that, but. I think I feel like I'm kind of a masochist that when I am that hungover, I feel so guilty about what I did the day before. I usually feel like I deserve it. <laughs> so, so wait, do you do it just so you can feel the pain? You're like one of those uh, one of those Christians no, that like no, self-flagellate. It's not like, that. it's not like that. I just I don't do it for the hangover, but when I have the hangover, I feel I that it's justified, this. and I feel like yeah, punishment. I feel like it's punishment that's well deserved. <laughs> chemical remorse that's, that's twisted that's twisted logic i i do in the same way that i recommend against. well no not in the same way that i recommend against this uh magic cure i don't i'm not a proponent of the hair of the dog method although no. i don't smoke yeah. weed but i i do sort of think maybe people have a point with the weed the wake and bake but the whole just get to getting drunk again first thing in the morning that's not gonna work you know i do like a bloody mary though after being severely hungover the salt a little bit of tequila or not tequila vodka, but you can have a Bloody Maria with tequila. Yeah, a Bloody way. Maria. I had a gin Bloody Mary this weekend. If you, if you, I love Bloody Marys, but just admit that you're just drinking. Don't think that it's your cure for your hangover. You just decided to drink again. Just start drinking again. Then you'll forget yeah. the pain, but then it's going to come back threefold, people. Believe me. And you're probably going to continue drinking throughout the day <laughs> at that point. And then, yeah, and then the next day, the, the, the actual hangover is going to be three times as bad. And that's when you call hangover heaven. Because you have At to. some point you have to, yeah. <laughs> or you die. <laughs> Life lessons from Lance Wackerly, people. Uh, people, this is episode 325 here at Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show. We did two stories. Uh, first one is about um, America, dating an American psycho and trying to break it off with them, which is difficult, to say the least. And the second was about a uh, cop who got two cheeseburgers and almost a blowjob. The story <laughs> that won was the uh, American psycho guy that killed the girl's parents. So congratulations there, listener one. You won episode 324. People, you know the way the show works. You send us the most disturbing news items of the week. We read them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets Sick Around Care Package. Send your stories to sickaroundpodcast.com or sickaroundpodcast at hotmail.com. Submit sure. them via Facebook. 
Don't post them on my page. Message them to me. Submit them via Twitter or through the Sick and Wrong forum. Wacker, we did get a few good stories here for this week. Uh, before we get to that one, our first story, how about a word from our sponsor, audible.com? If you're illiterate or have Down syndrome, but you still want to read a book, why not go to audible.com and get an audiobook? Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from, with more being added all the time. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Uh, the first story we received here came from Dustin, our official sick and wrong woodworker slash dildo maker. He's the one that gave made the golden SNW spiked dildo that I think you gave to your brother. That is the one I gave that to my brother for his birthday like a few years ago. Still, that's still prominently displayed on his mantle. <laughs> and he loves that thing. Um, Dustin does have a Facebook page, which I'm going to hype here. Uh, www.facebook.com slash erotic grains. So once again, that's facebook.com slash erotic grains. Go buy yourself a dildo. Custom made dildo. Grain. Because he makes a lot of wood dildos. So Dustin writes, how appropriate that he was taken to Ball Memorial Hospital. Do you think he'll ever be able to enjoy a gentle tug during sex again? And uh, Did this happen in the location of my favorite college, Ball State? You know what? I wonder where... Uh, yeah, that's Indianapolis, right? I think it is in Indiana. Awesome. It's Indiana. Ball State's in, in Indiana. So he must have went to Ball Memorial Hospital. So it's all fitting. Um, then, uh, the, it's, it's fitting once I read the headline, angry ex-girlfriend goes ballistic, ballistic and, uh, rips off man's scrotum or boyfriend's scrotum. Come on. Terrible. Terrible. You know, we did a breakup article last week that was equally horrible, but I'd say this one might be worse. This might Squirming be worse. in my chair. I know this might be worse. I think the guys will understand that, you know, at least the guys will agree with me that this one might just be worse than last week's story. So an Indiana man was rushed to the hospital this past Wednesday after his scrotum was the victim of a vicious attack by an ex-girlfriend. The victim told police that his former girlfriend, Christina Reber, stormed into his apartment as he was innocently sitting at his computer. Yeah, right. Who (laughs) innocently sits at his computer? His testicles were already exposed for some reason while he sat in front of the computer by himself in the apartment. Yeah, but they were innocently exposed. It was just kind of like a, one was just hanging out of his shorts because they were too short. Uh-huh. You know, that happens. One ball is longer than the other. That happens every now and then. Uh, Reber, who uh, he had severed times with a few days prior, first struck him on the head and then grabbed his scrotum and began squeezing as hard as she could. You know, women, women enraged like that have, like, She-Hulk powers. It's probably had really long, you know, done-up, sharp, enameled fingernails, yeah. Yeah, and probably painted. I imagine, like, uh, you know, those, they, they become razor sharp. Like well, when, you, when you enamel them, they become very hard also, you know, like... So, it's like Wolverine. It is like... It's a lot like Wolverine. Or no. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I don't know what you look like, but maybe. <laughs> naturally, <laughs> he told officers. Problem. Naturally, he told officers that he was in incredible pain when she grabbed his scrotum and began digging in her fingers. 
Do you think she would? She caught him just mid jack off. Like this is like he was curtain jacking a porn. Yeah, I do. I don't how, think that's why she grabbed his balls. I mean, she she came over because she was angry. I think she came over with the intent to grab nutsack and pull. Well, I mean, how else could his scrotum have been so readily accessible? Well, <laughs> let's say he wasn't jacking off for the sake of argument. <laughs> he's, you know, I, 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 he might have had some loose shorts on, basketball shorts or hanging brain, nineteen seventies jogging shorts. Do people do shorts. that anymore? Hang brain. Do you remember that? Does any? I mean. Intentionally? No, wasn't it just like you open your zippers, you just stick your nuts out. That's it. Just I don't know. At a party, I just you remember. Want, do you want to get into a discussion of the variations of hanging brain? You can hang brain on, on accident if you uh, have how, some how shorts you have, on. Or are you saying if you have shorts on and your balls just peeking out of the leg? Right. You wear some short shorts, wackily, because my shorts are way too long to do that. In fact, I don't. Well, wear I'm, shorts. I'm pro short shorts. I I hate watching basketball because they have those ridiculous sort of <laughs> clam diggers on. I'm just like, what? What's the point of that? Just well, wear pants at that point. There's no way I'm going to see a ball with shorts like that unless your balls are like eight inches that's my, long. That's my problem with them. <laughs> no, but I prefer the short. If I'm going to wear shorts, they're going to be short. You okay? But you know what I'm talking about when you say hanging brain. I just remember like in high school, we'd be the you know someone's a girl's parents would be gone. We'd be in the kitchen. Chicks would walk into the kitchen, and we're all sitting there drinking a beer. But our balls are hanging outside of our zippers. You know, you, the you've done it done. intentionally at this point to play a joke on the un, unwitting woman. Yeah, girl. well, they come in, they start talking, and they're like, "Oh, gross! You, you, those right. are your nuts." And you're <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and that's called hanging brain. That's what we used to do. That's why he could have been doing that. It's kind of it was kind of made that whole concept was made famous in that movie Waiting. Never seen that movie. What, was he hanging brain? Uh, they play a game. It, it has uh, your favorite comedian. Uh, what's his fucking name? Bobcat Goldthwait. Dane Cook. Oh, Dane, Dane Cook. Cook's in it. Oh, great. Uh, never it's actually a pretty funny part, though, but they, they play this game where if, if you make the other cook see your nutsack unsuspectingly, then you, you win, I guess. It's, the game. <laughs> it's not much of a game. That's what you were playing. That's uh, a I don't good idea. It, but you can, accidentally, we, you can accidentally hang brain is all that I'm saying. Couldn't you like also? Maybe you're going. You're wearing short shorts and you're going commando, and you're sitting Indian style around a campfire. That sort of situation. People, uh, words of caution, word of caution here. Uh, don't do this at work. Don't hang brain at work because then it's sexual harassment. If it, you know, if it's a coworker, it's probably sexual harassment. Actually, probably in I'll, high school, it'd be sexual further. harassment too. Now, let me go one further. Don't wear shorts to work. <laughs> if you have a job that you can wear shorts at, get a better job. Well, what about like uh, gym bunnies? Like, aren't there like female instructors at gyms? I like watching them in shorts. They don't have to worry about hanging brain, so that the point is moot. <laughs> if they do, then I then there's another. That's a whole other issue. I don't even know what that's called. When a girl has something hanging out of her shorts, it's, it's something else entirely. I don't even know what that's called. It's called transsexual. <laughs> Flapjacking. No, and so when your labia is that long. Oh. I don't know. All right, we're, name, I'm right. digressing here. Let me get back to this story. There's a guy who had his fucking balls ripped off, all right? Wackily, let's quit making light of this. He wasn't trying to hang brain. He was at home in a private situation. He was definitely jacking it, though. Um, the police report indicates that the scrotum area, the entire scrotum area, was completely torn loose from the body. So she ripped it off. Jesus. The girlfriend reportedly refused to let go of his scrotum. You know, I'm going to stop saying scrotum and start saying ball sack. So, because this happened, you know, in 
right, Ball State College. He probably went to Ball yeah. State College. So, so she refused to let go of his ball sack, and the victim was finally able to remove his balls from her vice-like grip. So that means he After probably, they'd been torn from his body. Yeah, like he, she ripped his... She physically tore his nuts, his ball sack off his body, and then refused oh, to let him go. So he had to probably hold her down and pry her fingers. You know, her, her, vis, you know, her like, yeah, I got bound it. fingers around <laughs> his nuts. <laughs> if you think about it, it's almost it's metaphorical. Like she's like an old man with a whole, clutching the coin purse. <laughs> you know, it was an anti Semitic comment here. No, I didn't say old Jew, even though I meant <laughs> you it. You implied it. Um, it's almost metaphorical if you think about it, because there are a lot of, I have a, several friends, actually, we have several friends, who I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, pry their girlfriend's nut, hands off their nut sacks. It'd be nice. You know? They'd you be should a lot, forward them the story. Yeah, they'd be you a lot say, more hey, fun. Just say, hey, man, to, think about it. <laughs> think about it, dude. That's it. It's you an know? allegory. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, remo- just remove your balls from her vice-like grip, dude. Dude. It's be liberating. It's, this, isn't, this is just a wake-up call from two 37-year-old single friends of yours. <laughs> you need to get your balls back, man. P.S. So, jacking it in front of the computer. <laughs> the victim Goodbye. here, is, who has not been identified, was then taken to Ball Memorial Hospital. No pun intended. And the hospital is not only for scrotum-specific injuries. They, they no, treat other things. It's just too. the name of the town. It's just the name of so the town. Some people, a lot of people get confused. You can still come here even if you have a breast problem or yeah. something it's, with it's your face. It's not just for balls. Or it's not also for people who've had their balls removed so you can, you know, memorialize them. I wonder how many people drive around the town, like, because they have a foot problem, an emergency, like they st- stepped on a rusty nail. And they're just driving around town like, well, there's the ball hospital. Where's the foot hospital? God damn it. I'm never going <laughs> to... I'm going to get blocked jaw and have to have my foot amputated because I can't find foot hospital. Confusing inbreds. the next town. Confusing inbreds throughout Indiana. Yeah. Um, I guess he isn't sure if there will be permanent damage, and he has been unable to work this past week. Uh, his ex-girlfriend, he was charged <laughs> with two felonies. i to take a couple days off. My balls were ripped off. Could you imagine making that phone call? Jesus. Yeah. You would, you would definitely it'd be the origi- origination of a new nickname, that's for sure. <laughs> um, his girlfriend here, Reber, Christina Reber, is charged with two felonies, aggravated battery and illegally entering a victim's home. Uh, she was also charged with a misdemeanor domestic battery, which I don't understand why that would be a misdemeanor. Like if she ate, th- if she ate the balls, would it be felony battery? Like she <laughs> Cannibalism? I don't know. God. It does sound very light. That, that you know, I mean, we, we've obviously delved into uh, psychotic exes and things like that. And I think Sleazy E had the, the most psychotic of the exes, the one that threw cats at him. In real life. For, yeah, in for in sure. real life. But this, I've never dated a girl that was capable of this. You don't know that they are capable until they do it, man. That's the point. Are you saying all women have a propensity for violence like this? All I'm saying is I'm wearing uh, a full cup and jockstrap <laughs> right now, and I will be for the rest of perpetuity. It's probably a good idea. Well, yeah. Wackerly, what do you have here for the second story? Um, I have something from, let's just call him or her, listener two. <laughs> Listener two. Listener two. Send in a story. We've been doing a lot of these 
fucked up relationship stories lately. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, We're I mean, obsessed. We did, we did one last week. We did one. Maybe next week we'll change it up and just get back to we some better good, change old, it up. good old fashioned child molestation. Yeah. Which is another kind of relationship that's fucked up. But these romantic relationships. This one's about Barbara Scott. She's 64. She lives in Florida. America's dong. And uh, she lives with her husband's... Well, <laughs> lived with her husband's... who was 78-year-old uh, Benny Scott. And a little bit of a May-December... What do you call it? Yeah, May-December relationship. She's, what, 14 years younger than him? Although when you're that old, who cares? You're both all shriveled up, right? Yeah, I mean, they're old enough that it doesn't really matter. Their genitals are just withered. Withered husks. Well, Benny, Benny, I guess, was retired. And uh, I kind of, as a sidebar to the story, I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. There's this, this, I guess there's still these old school guys, and he is old, and maybe this is the cutoff age, 78 or a little bit younger, but that just sort of think... You know, when I when I, when he was working, his wife stayed at home. She maybe they had a kid. She take care of the kid, which is all well and good. The kid went off to college, and then all the wife does is sort of she cooks and cleans, does the laundry. Maybe some packages get delivered to the house. She's there to sign for them. And when Benny was working, he was at work. And when he came home, the food was on the table, the laundry was done, the sheets were clean. All this and that, right? Well, you can say it's Vacuuming. an antiquated, but you can say it's an antiquated notion. But then think about it. It's, you know, life was different in nineteen in the nineteen fifties. It's like then, it, you know, you could have one wage earner for a family. I mean, now you have to have your wife working. Or you're, well, let you me know, let me ask you this though. Regardless of the economic situation, if the guy is working and fully supporting the family financially, and she doesn't have to work. I don't think it's unfair that she does the lion's share of the chores, right? Maybe on the weekend he does some handyman shit, but the day-to-day, laundry, food, grocery shopping, well, okay. vacuuming. This is the way it breaks down. He does the work on the house on the weekends, maybe mows the lawn, outside chores. Yeah. That's, that's like man's territory. That's man's you know area sure, of, like uh, the of grill. work. But everything right. inside, if, if you're working all day, yeah, you don't have time to come home and do that. I mean, what else is she doing all day? But the hourly, the hours expended should about equal out, right? Like yeah, the, the shit that he's doing on the weekend takes a couple hours, and the shit that he and he's working every day eight hours. She should be doing like you know six to eight hours of things around the house every day. Especially if there's a child involved. You know, Wackley, you're coming across something very chauvinistic. I'm sure some of their female listeners are like, I'm asking a question. <laughs> I I would be a stay really at home. Right now. I would hate be a stay at home husband, and but I would understand that if my wife was out working eight hours a day, nine hours a day, ten hours a day, I should be spending a equivalent amount of time doing stuff, you know, chores, not just sitting around here playing video games and jacking off to the internet. Well, at that point, would I, I do that? I don't know, but I would I would understand that ex- expectation. Well, at that point, what I would say is, okay, I'm going to stay at home, but that's because I'm a writer. And I got to write. So I'm working a good six to seven hours God. writing, okay? You're the biggest cock ever. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm getting high, playing Xbox. And God, the fucking good. laundry is building up and dirty dishes are all over the place. Hey, who's, who's writing a novel? Really? How much yeah. money has your novel pulled in this lately, honey? Uh, well, you know, it, it takes a while. It takes a if while. You're, not pulling you're, you're breaking money. my concentration. I'm going back to the office. <laughs> If you're not pulling any money, you're not. You don't have a job, and you better fucking be folding the sheets. But this uh, all changes though later in life when you're both senior that's citizens. My question. 
this is my question. So Benny retires. He doesn't have to work anymore. I mean, they're both the same. Like I said, virtually the same age. He's younger, but they're both senior citizens. He retires. And now Benny just thinks he can just sit in his lazy boy all day long, feeling sorry for himself and drinking fucking whiskey sours and watching the horse track racing. Waiting for death. Yeah. No, yeah. dude. Now that you don't work anymore, we're going to share the chores. Yeah, but wackily, you're overlooking a, a crucial fact here. Who earned that 401k? They both did. Because while he was at work, he didn't have to worry about it. As a single guy, this is what I'm saying. As a single dude, I understand this. Because I got to do both fucking things. I got to be at work. You too. You got to be at work at eight hours a day. And then you come home and you're like, oh shit, I got to do all this fucking menial house chores. And if I had a wife who would do that... You I would be slave. very appreciative. A slave. <laughs> yeah. With a you vagina need to marry a Filipino woman. She'd be <laughs> happy. Maybe I do. Man. There's some good-looking <laughs> Filipino women in my No, town. but I see what you're saying. I, I agree with that. It's like, so once you've, you've both retired, you're home all day. It's, yeah. it's just not fair. I mean, it's not fair. Would it fucking hurt there. you to fucking, like, get out the lemon pledge and fucking, like, polish the coffee table, you son of a bitch? Yeah, you fat, lazy fuck. Yeah, it's not like he's exercising and keeping himself in top sexual form so he can pleasure her all day. Well, well so this guy, though, I mean, was this guy an invalid? Well, here's... No, I don't think he was. But she does say that... Uh, Barbara here. She says that Benny was always needing and wanting her assistance. So he's just a fucking useless piece of crap, right? I don't think... It's not implied... It's not said that he had some kind of disability. I feel like he's just that guy... That old school, you know, 70-year-old man who just really, can't, like, he can't even fucking make himself a piece of toast. He's like, I don't, I don't know how any of that kitchen equipment works. I, I worked on the, you know, lathe down at the factory he's, for He sounds for like Archie years. Bunker. Like all in I the think family. he is like, I think he's an Archie Bunker type. He's like an Archie Bunker type. And he's like, Edith, get me a beer. Exactly. Where's the remote? I don't even Where's think they the had remote? remotes back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got a little sick of it. And she says, uh, just to prove to to send the point home, she says, as he aged, he needed more attention. Barbara got tired of him. There was only one thing to do, and that was to get him out of the way, which you know, put him in a nice old folks' home where he can be taken care of by professionals. That's not really what she had in mind. Hire she some told friends. She told friends you know, that he had left. Huh? Maybe hire some help, like a maid. Maybe hire, yeah, 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 like an in hair in uh, in home care person or something. She had other ideas, though. She told friends he had left their home in Florida or was too sick to come to the phone when they asked about his whereabouts. Uh, the daughter, you know where this is going, right? The daughter yeah, found out the dad was see dead. The, outcome of this. the da daughter found out that the dad was dead. So she told the daughter that her husband had slipped in the shower and suffered a fatal blow to the head. And then she changed that story to say that. Uh, her husband and the girl's father had committed suicide and shot himself. Uh, I guess you probably justify that by saying, like, I was embarrassed to tell you that your father committed suicide. That's why I came up with the shower story. But yes, actually, he shot himself. Yeah, but, but, even, <clears throat> but even if he did die in the shower or if he shot himself, where's the, where's the body? Where's the funeral? Well, that's the other thing. She buried him in the herb garden. <laughs> Under some rosemary and parsley, I think. Okay, so she yeah, disposed like the corpse herself in the backyard. Yeah, wow. She said she was she was kind of embarrassed. Well, she she justified it to her daughter by saying, "Well, I was just embarrassed that he killed himself, and that's why I buried him under the the herbs that I've used at Thanksgiving to make the turkey, and this and that." Um, 
Yeah, and she did a pretty good job. She uh, she wrapped him in, in, in a tarp and tied his hands and feet, which I guess maybe she thought it was going to be some type of a uh, telltale heart situation. He was going to come up, you know, out of... And there was a bag over his head, too. Jesus, where did she learn how to do this? How old's this woman? 64. Good Lord. A lot of years to pick up <laughs> this and that from movies and She's television. a big fan of Tarantino or something. The old women like this sometimes they get into those mystery novels, uh, you know, mystery novels, and uh, or not even the the paperbacks, the pulps, you know, where they talk about how what to do, who to dispose of a body. Well, she's probably not internet savvy, so she's probably not even learning that on the internet. This is all probably no. from pulp novels, pulp novels, yeah. pulp movies, uh, soap operas, maybe a little bit here and there. Um, soap operas. So here's the problem. <laughs> Cops got involved because the daughter was like, this is really weird, mom. You can't just bury dad in the backyard. I mean, I know he's a complete asshole who fucking never left that dent in the lazy boy that was perfectly shaped to his ass, but you buried him in the backyard. I'm going to call the cops. So the cops come out. They say, oh, you say that he killed himself with a gun, right? She goes, yes. And they say, well, why is the 22 caliber hole in the back of his head? (laughs) She also had already... Yeah, yeah. He, I don't think he... He probably doesn't have that good of a reach at 78 years old. Like she, she, lift bef- his arm up. Previously to them finding the bullet in the back of his head, she'd actually said that, well, here's the gun that he killed himself with. It's twenty two caliber. And she kept it in her underwear drawer, which would be <laughs> weird if your husband killed himself with a gun and then you hide the gun in your underwear drawer. It sounds premeditated to me. She's probably planning this for years. Should have come yeah. up with a better alibi, though. Yeah, so uh, what is she... This is kind of serious. I mean, she's an old lady, man. First degree murder, man. 64. She was sick of this asshole. But yeah, they got a grand jury together, and they've indicted her on first degree murder charges. Definitely. I agree. You know, I don't agree. I I feel for Barbara. Between this story and the last one, I'm scared of women now. Women have... But he's 78. He probably... I mean, maybe it was best for the best, right? I don't know, but women have this propensity towards violence. If you if you take them over that edge and that point, that breaking point, you're going to get fucked up. You're, you're going to either have your dick removed, you're going to get shot in the back of the head, blasted. Fuck that. Well, maybe men should tread lightly and not be such fucking assholes. I know. I think See, I'm going to have to do that. The, I'm reeling the feminist back, feminist back in here. God, I'm scared. I'm going to have to change my whole demeanor now. This is horrible. <laughs> not be such a cock all at uh, twenty four hours a day. I could just imagine a woman living with me for fifty years. Oh Jesus! I'm going to end up with a shot in the back of my head and my nuts ripped off. God, probably and probably shoved down your throat. <laughs> you know, I think this lady, what she should have done, just to make this more effective. First of all, she probably would have gotten gotten away with it too. She should have chopped up the body herself and cooked it into food and fed it to the neighbors. She's not a ghoul. No, I'm just saying. She was just at the end of her rope. I'm just saying, she she planned this. She she bought that gun far in advance. She was waiting for a perfect opportunity. This wasn't a crime of passion. She was waiting for a good opportunity to blast that guy in the back of his head. I think what she should have done with the corpse, the evidence is gone. There's There's no bones. There's nothing left. Be harder to convict, for sure. I mean, she's pretty much guaranteed to be convicted at this point. Yeah, it's just how lenient they go on her with the sentencing. But, uh, you know, uh, they don't even say anything about a life insurance policy. I really, it'd be one thing if she was like got a million dollar payout and, you know, got out of Dodge and yeah, moved that, to Cancun or somewhere with no extradition. That justifies her buying the weapon. She was just at the end of her fucking rope with this guy. 
He must have been a real prick. Cantankerous sure old was. goat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, people, you decide who won episode uh, 325 here. Go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Wackily, we've got a few phone calls. Sickandwrong hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. to your sex life, go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no, Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. So, actually, we've got a few phone calls here. The Sick Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. Um, let's get to the first one here. Hey, guys. How's it going? So, um, just listening to your newest episode and the first story you guys are reading about the guy with the corpses or the corpse. And I, uh, you guys asked the question if there's any shenanigans that goes on. And I remembered when I was in college a few years ago, I took a class kind of for fun, I guess. Um, it was out of my major, but it was called Death and Dying. It was really this like depressing class about how people deal with death. And one of the things we did is we went to a funeral home, check out how it is. And- I would have loved that class. We didn't, Field we, trip. Didn't have, we didn't have anything like that. Death and dying. University of Michigan. I don't remember that. I can't think of anything equivalent, but there were some like human sexuality classes that I, people would tell me they took and described like, yeah, we watched this ridiculous bestiality porn in class. And I'd be like, really? Well, I remember What's your we, major again? We had this, because uh, I was, I, initially, I, before I majored in broadcast communications in English, I uh, was going for psychology, and they have a big psych department in Michigan, and uh, one of the yeah. classes you had to take was Project Outreach, where they would send you either to like a substance abuse program, like there was some farm that was like a substance abuse program, or I went <laughs> to the uh, forensic center in Ypsilanti, where people are all like not guilty by reason of insanity or incompetent to stand trial. It's another popular place <laughs> they send people. Yeah. Basically, you just have to sit there in the day room and just hang out with these completely insane people and play Uno with them and watch cops. That was the whole class. That sounds pretty fun to me. <laughs> Do you get a dr- Can you bring in alcohol? No, probably you not. couldn't. You could. They had all these rules. Like you, could they're never, probably on good drugs though. You could never follow them back to their room because I mean they would probably kill you or something like full on Hannibal Lecter. And women, they had really, really complicated rules, like uh, really strict rules for women, because women, like, they don't see women, except for yeah. these classes. So a lot, of, a lot of the times, like, uh, you know, girls would get slapped and stuff like that. I never saw that, unfortunately. Anyway, this class sounds amazing. The yeah. professor knew the people that owned the funeral home, so every year they sort of gave him a little tour, him and his class, and showed him what's going on. So uh, me and a group of maybe 20 other people went in there. We, got, we went into the embalmment room and saw the liquids and all the tools and devices. And uh, he showed us where he would cut the body and where he would fill it with the fluid, like on the legs and on the neck and the chest and that kind of stuff. 
and uh, I, one girl actually fainted in the middle of this of the presentation, which was kind of funny. But then another girl asked the same question you guys asked, basically, is there any kind of weird stuff, you know, anything crazy happen ever? And the guy thought about it for a second, and he said, like, back in 1981 or something like that, it was a car accident, and there was a baby in the car accident that wasn't strapped in, and it was a really bad car accident, and the baby literally was, like, torn into pieces. And one time they were lowering the actual, the baby in the little casket into the ground, and I guess the things that hold it up when they lower it on the crane, one of them tore, yeah. something like that, and the casket fell into the hole, like, 10 feet, and broke, and the baby, and all the pieces, like, fell out, and were just right. lying around, and all the family, it's like, like the a grandparents. Puzzle. Who can put baby back together again? God, this poor kid. This kid gets Just ripped. Spill the dirt in. This kid gets torn asunder in a horrible car accident. Then he's being lowered to you know to his final resting place. Crane breaks, and then he's just ripped into pieces again. It's like Jesus, this kid can't get a fucking break. I don't know what happened? It's to not him. really a. I don't know if this guy's ever been to a funeral like a great you know, and where they bury the body before. It's not really a crane, and the and the grave isn't no, ten isn't. feet deep. <laughs> It's six feet. That's why the show is called Six Feet Under. And the crane is more like, I don't know how. It's, it's like a rope and pulley thing. And yeah, there's little straps and there. these yeah. little pulleys. Jesus, yeah. What but kind, I of, what kind of funeral believe, are you I believe at? the story. It's just told in a little bit of a dramatic fashion. But it does remind me of one of those sort of games where the wooden pieces are like together and then they they break them apart and then you can't figure out how the fuck to get them back together again into that geometric shape. What I wonder about is, uh, you know, let's say this baby did come in. So obviously this is probably a closed casket thing. Would they even try to stitch the pieces back together? At that point? Yeah. Oh God. People are so weird about death. They probably did. The mom was probably freaking out because I mean the whole, this is, I could go on and on about this, but you know, the whole concept of the vault, right? Yeah, where they're they're permanently preserved. You got to buy two things. You don't just buy a coffin. You got to buy the coffin and the vault. The coffin goes inside the vault because God forbid a bug could actually get in at your corpse and start eating it after you're buried underground. Like, I, I've never understood the concept of that. Like, like, are you gonna go there later in life and dig your your kid up and want to make sure like the embalmed flesh is still there? No. Yeah, it makes. No I don't sense. even agree with the. I don't even agree with the coffin. I like the concept of cremation, but if it wasn't cremation, like just throw me in the dirt with nothing. Yeah, I mean, then you're just so I can be actually absorbed. decompose. Yeah. Well, what's the point of paying ten, you know ten grand for a coffin? Yeah, but so but if you are the type of person who paid ten grand for the coffin and two thousand dollars for the vault, you're not going to let your baby just be down there in pieces, right? You're going to want her, her or him to be intact or yeah but this is a little kid too i mean at this point why not just get like a paper sack or something i mean i'm not trying i'm not like trying your to old sign. taco bell bag <laughs> i'm not trying to sound cheap or anything but it's just like it's a little baby he's in pieces it's like fuck it why get it why get an expensive little baby coffin custom made that's probably gonna cost like two grand yeah it may come as some surprise to you but parents are kind of sentimental about their small children yeah I'm sometimes gonna, irrationally i'm never gonna breathe were there and both the guy that was telling the story and his helper had to go down there and like reassemble the thing and like put it back together and they they had had, like bare hands right because they didn't have like gloves they weren't expecting to do that so they had to put it back together and it was really gross and um yeah they might have baby aids right they might have baby aids (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know. Kind From of blood to blood contest. The girl faints because of that story, so pretty good. Five stars, right? All right, guys. Bye. We don't do stars anymore. Yeah, dude. We don't rate stories anymore. Where are you been? Seriously, man. I was so like, what, episode 180? I don't know. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head and said, guess which episode you guys stopped doing stars, I would just be like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It had to have been the 300s. I, I have no idea. It had to have been the 300s, I think. It I might know. not have been. I would say 300, but I would I be wrong remember. and I would be dead. Well, I was, you know, when we asked that question about shenanigans, that, that's not a shenanigan. That's actually catastrophic. Like there's, they, they didn't cause that to happen. That's like, oh my God, worst case scenario. Now we got to put, I mean, that's like a weird thing, a weird event that occurred. I was talking about like shenanigans where, you know, if the baby's head was detached from his body, the guy shoves his hand in its mouth and just kind of like talks in a funny voice and says something funny. Like tells a joke. Sort of like a marionette with the dead baby corpse. Yeah, or like if, um, you know, like let's say they're embalming him or something and his cock falls off and he's stuck it in your coffee. You know, that'd be kind of funny. It's just like, I just cut his cock off and I put it in your coffee. And then you drank you would, from you it. You wouldn't want it in your own coffee. You'd put it in your coworkers. No, I'd put it like, let's say we work together. I would take it and I'd put the cock in your coffee and you'd come back from the bathroom and be like, dude, you're such a dick. And I'd be like, well, you got a dick in your coffee. I'd be like, you're right. And then we'd laugh. <laughs> But you know anyway, Ted Williams is that the guy that got a, a He's some baseball player that had his he wanted to have his whole body froze like cryogenically Walt Disney cryogenically when yeah. he died so he could be brought back to life later when science was better but he could only afford his head so he just had his head frozen cryogenically and there's supposedly a lot of stories about there about a lot of shenanigans that got the people who worked at the cryogenic center got up to with his head <laughs> what did they do like like mounted on a tuna can and like you know just just got banged around a lot because they had to sort of like you know every once in a while they got to go clean the cryogenic freezer and so what do you do with wet Ted Williams' head while you're while you're sweeping up in there you got to like move it out there it's just it, I guess it wasn't so much shenanigans as much as indignities indignities yeah they, they did to a cat it's horrible and that guy's like super, really and that guy's wealthy too like he probably paid millions of dollars for this. Right, I think he kind of screwed his kids. Like all this money that they would have inherited, he paid to the cryogenic place, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a great way to go. Yeah, fuck getting cremated and fuck getting buried, you know, right in the dirt. I want to get cryogenically frozen and stored just so I can keep all my whatever money I have from my project. From your kids, yeah, That'd yeah, be great. Like fuck you, I'm gonna live later on. That is and- the ultimate fuck you. The ultimate yeah. middle finger. Because they won't be able to afford it to be cryogenically frozen. And then when they do bring me back, they'll all be dead. And I'll and be like, ha, all... <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you there, uh, mortician student kid guy. Um, second call we got here is from a good good friend of the show, Scott from Iowa. Lance, D, everybody listening, hey, it's Scott in Iowa. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had something sick and wrong kind of I saw last night um I went up to a department store to see this chick um that I kind of like to get with but uh that hasn't happened but anyways I went up there to see her (laughs) and uh so she was telling me about how the women's the women's um changing room is 
always so fucking disgusting and everything and that all the sick shit that happens in there and that the men's changing room, um, because guys never try shit on, it's always like spotless. The fitting so, room. So this, he's talking about the fitting room. Changing room, fitting room. Changing room's a little confusing, maybe for some foreign listeners. But the I don't fitting understand. Room. I wonder what department store he's at, because don't they have a cleaning service that comes through, regardless? Well, what department stores even exist anymore? Well, there's Most like of them Macy's. have gone out of business. No, there's like Macy's and uh, oh, yeah, you're Nordstrom, right. stuff like that, but... True. I just didn't... I, I, didn't I just realize. never go to those stores. Tar- he, Target is what I think of when I think of department store at this point. I, I rarely go to those places either, but he has a good point, though. Even if I do go to one of those places, I just look for a shirt my size, and then I'm not gonna Walk I'm not gonna try it. it on. Yeah, you know, guys I probably agree. just never try it on. But I imagine women. I mean, that's like a big part of shopping. So, well, their bodies are more varied, you know. Tits. That's what does it. That's what throws tits it all off. And, you know, and hi- you might be a certain height, but you might have a different size hips and tits and all that shit. All the shit that makes them great. Female bodies by Lance Wackerly. <laughs> She showed me, and you would not believe how bad it was. And so, uh, I got to talk to her. You're so turned on. Well, turns yeah. out, just like two, three days ago, a lady had gone in there and shit on the floor. And um, but they're always finding, like, tampons and pee, and it does smell like urine back there really bad. I mean, there wasn't, this, like, This chick totally has Scott's nothing, number. Well, wait, okay. Wait, she's, wait. Like, she's like, all right, this guy wants to fuck me. I know, totally know what he's into. I'm going to tell him the shit story. Maybe I'll fuck him, maybe I won't, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead him on a little bit by taking him down this path that I know is his primary interest area. Come back here, I'll show you, show you some fucking diarrhea stains. The fastest way to Scott's heart. Diarrhea mm. stain on the floor of a dressing room. <laughs> right there. Um, but you know, I don't understand this. Tampons. Would girls just like sit there, go change, and take their tampon out, just throw it on the ground? I think so. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. They're nasty. That is disgusting. All, I don't know how we've, we've all been fooled that women are, are like classy and, and dainty and polite. They're not at all. And coquettish. If, if it, something like this where they know they're not going to get caught, like they're never going to find out which women, woman went into that dressing room and threw the tampon. They're but, filthy. So that's when they do it. They're filthy slags with a propensity towards violence. Watch out, guys. That's all I got to say. Sure. I don't know. Dangerous. I just don't understand why wouldn't one take a shit on the ground? I mean, you're changing into clothes. It's, I don't get that. It's completely inappropriate. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that women do. You could tell that, you know, like, there was an attempt to clean stuff up, but it just had a smell, you know, about it. And um, it wasn't like old polyester pussy or anything like that. <laughs> you know, old polyester pants pussy. Nothing, nothing like that. What is that? I don't know, but I like it. A polyester pussy. I imagine the nineteen seventies hot, you know, twenty something women in those really tight polyester slacks. Hmm. Yeah, that, that is actually kind of a, a hot. I find visual. it to be a turn on the concept. But I think he's thinking the the pussy itself is polyester. Well, it's going to pick up the scent if you're wearing those polyester pants all day. They don't breathe, so. Maybe this is an Iowa, like an Iowa phenomenon. I mean, that we don't have out here. Maybe they're still wearing those pants in Iowa, and which makes me think I need to get to Iowa. Yeah. Well, watch out for the female dressing rooms. I won't be in there. Just it was just gross. And so then I got to talking to her. Well, um, so they've like 
started to compile a list, and I thought that I'd post a list up on the forum uh, of all the disgusting shit that they've found, uh, you know, just in the dressing room. Okay, it's probably been three minutes. Anyways, love the show. Buy a fucking t-shirt, support the sponsors, all that shit. Um, thanks so much, Lance and D, for everything. Uh, I love to get high and listen to the show. And, yeah. All right. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. And that's why we always play Scott from Iowa's Calls. Because he he plugs our sponsors and he tells people to buy t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and then shares a shit story. Who doesn't like a shit story? I, I do yeah, like that. I, so. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not one who doesn't. Do you think uh do you think he ended up scoring with this uh this this department store worker? I think she was coming on to him. I mean the, the, he's saying he was trying to get with her but it hasn't happened, but she's leading him back into the private female dressing room. Exactly. That's a, at that point you're supposed to reenact that scene from Bad Santa, I think. Stick it up her ass. <laughs> That's such a great scene where he's full on just banging the chick. <laughs> you ain't gonna shit right for a week. Who was the, who was the manager? Uh, Bernie Mac. Oh yeah, Bernie Mac was the manager. I forgot about. Or he that. was the security guy, and John Ritter was the manager. Is that true? Was it John Ritter? Yeah, no, I think no. John Ritter was the store manager, and Bernie Mac was the secu- chief of security. The the thing is, Scott, if she's bringing you back, showing you this secret area that you're not allowed to go into, that's basically her pulling her pants down. And being like, here's my pussy. You, you realize know? Scott gets way more ass than either of us, so it's kind of presumptuous yeah. for us to be giving him advice. That's the thing. Scott's the type of guy that would go up to like a 10 or an 11 point chick and just be like, you look fine. How you doing? <laughs> I don't think he'd have a problem about that. Hey, uh, you look fine. Have I ever told you about the time I uh, tried to insert a <laughs> suppository in my ass on a podcast? Have you ever accidentally wiped with your hand? people call the signal hotline 206-666-3846 yes we do love a good shit story um i want to say thank you to all the people out there for subscribing to the show on itunes you know you really do help us out a lot of people don't realize that but itunes is the most popular way to listen to podcasts and it's the most of our fans listen to the show via itunes but if you already listen to the show via itunes let's go there Give us a rating, five star. Give us a comment. And uh, we we appreciate it because every time you do that, it gets us in the what's hot category, gets us more listeners, in turn, more money for our sponsors, and uh, more encouragement encouragement for me and Lance to uh, continue doing this exercise in futility. (laughs) (laughs) So we do do appreciate that. Also, the, the main thing we appreciate, though, is when you buy our merchandise and wear it around. Especially if you're a hot chick like Poppy Thorne, our sick and wrong pinup girl. Um, I want to thank you once again if you didn't listen to last week's show. Poppy Thorne won the sick and wrong pinup competition. And I want to thank all the beautiful contestants that competed. And uh, thanks to everyone out there for voting. I actually did get some prizes. Supposed to be shipped out to me this week. And I will ship one to each contestant. Not just the first two. But uh, people get Everybody your- wins. Yeah, everybody wins here in sick and wrong. Uh, people, get your sick and wrong quadro tea while supplies last. I'm not sure if we're going to do another printing of it. I still have, I still have a few left because we just did a printing not too long ago. But um, yeah, go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store and get yourself a quadro tea today. Also, some people were asking about the John Wayne Gacy teas. You know, we never actually officially made a John Wayne Gacy tea, but 
we didn't we didn't make it and sell it on our site. We did make one for the cafe press store. And a lot of people overlook that. We actually do have a cafe press store with a shitload of other designs and sick and wrong shit like magnets True. and clocks, panties, panties, all sorts of stuff. So uh, go go check out the sick and wrong cafe press store. There's a link to it right on the sick and wrong podcast dot com slash store uh, page. Well, actually, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in from, uh, we actually received a CD from an English punk band. I think they're from Harrogate. Is that where they're from? Yeah. They sent a note. You want me to read it? They're called Croak Ditch. Yeah. Read the letter out here. I'm going to try the way that I imagine this. You remember the pot dealer character from With Nail and I? Oh, yeah. That's such a good movie. I'm going to watch it (laughs) That's what I imagine these guys sounds like. Read it like the uncle. No, no, I can't do the I can't do the pot dealer either. But just imagine it's the pot dealer from the end of right, Whitney right. and I. Now then, Quenders, thought I'd send you a copy of my band CD. It's plausible that you may find a song of the week on there. However, if not, then just frisbee it at a crackhead. <laughs> Fucking love the show. Keep it up, Toby, Harrogate, UK. Well, what the hell's a Quender? That's a new one. I don't know, me. but I like it. It's like a queer bender. <laughs> but the, would that be Portman like a double Doward. negative and make you like straight? It's a double positive. Oh, well, no, I see what you're saying. Maybe it is a double negative. A queer bender. A queer like, bender. Well, not a double negative, but it's He's like queer a queer for a bender. If you're a queer bender, then you're probably straight because you're not queer anymore because it's too much. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's a very queer bender in that he likes a vagina. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you're saying. It is a double negative. I do like that quender, though. That's a good term. I'm going to start using that. So the song we're going to end the show here, with, the one we're going to play off the CD, is a song called Double Release. And it's actually, the, the album is titled Double Release, right? It's two CDs, and it's titled Double Release. And when I opened it up, I said, oh, well, it's a double release. I wonder what it's called. Oh, it's called Double Release. Well, that's not very inventive. Or maybe it is. It's generic. And then, But then the first song is also called Double Release, and... Well, I guess the, everybody's going to hear it in a second. But is it's a it triple about, entendre. Is it about releasing two things at once, like simultaneously? <laughs> I believe so. Okay, like uh, it's almost so. It's, it's basically rooster tailing here. This song, like if it was in America, this song would be called rooster tailing. <laughs> right. So does Croakditch have a website or Facebook page or anything? Is that included? No. I don't think it's included, but I'm sure if you Google it, whoa, shit! I Just Google Croakditch, people, and you'll find out about. It. I love the name. You know, From some Harrogate, of the Harrogate. Who knows where the fuck Harrogate is? I don't. Some of the other tracks on the album also had great titles, like "I Like Sucking Cock" and "Mr. Beastie." So um, there, there are quite a few good songs on that album. We're gonna we're gonna end the show with double release. People, we'll be back next week with episode three twenty six. Until then, take it sleazy. Good night. Double release. Double
heard? Did you ever? Have you ever listened to Nicki Minaj? Yeah. Do you know any of her music? Well, um, I mean, I find her kind of intriguing. Like you listen to it, and you're like, "This is the dumbest fucking thing ever." But I think she's really hot. Well, and then, you... and then people explain her music, <laughs> and then I'm kind of like, "Okay, I kind of get it." Have you heard? She's the got song... that new song, "Bees in the Trap." Well, have you heard the song "Did It" on him? No. I've really only heard the only two songs I've listened to are that "You're a Stupid Ho" and then the new one she came out this past week is "Bees in the Trap." What does what does that mean? Like something about her vagina? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. Like this is what I'm saying. You you listen to it the first time and she seriously goes, she goes something like thousand niggers can't tell me nothing," and she says it like fifty three times, and she doesn't have like a good flow or anything, and then no, she, she goes just speaks it. And then she goes, bees in the trap, bees in the trap, bees in the trap. And I'm like, that's just dumb. But then I read some like music review thing. Actually, it was on Gawker. And they're like, you know, her whole style is this, it's this like not trying too hard thing. And she's trying to like, it's a playoff of like rappers who are super intense and try to be like super emotional. It's like a. She's trying to be distant and just kind of removed. It's not really distant and removed like in an emo sense. It's just a like. I'm just here doing this is, doing this is my, natural. I just fucking came up with this shit and I'm just here speaking it. It kind of makes sense to me after I read that. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it now. Well, I was driving to the gym with Lenora yesterday or two days ago or whatever, and she was like, You ever listen to Nicki Minaj? I was like, You know, I know who she is. I just don't, I've never listened to her before. And she's like, Listen to this song. And she puts the song Did It on him. And the song Did It on him is about her taking a shit on her man. Really? It, it's really funny. She goes, I just shit it on him. I just shit it on him. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and she's and then the guy's just and then she's describing the guy just being like, "What you doing, bitch? <laughs> Why don't you just take a shit on me?" <laughs> and then she's like, "That's what you get. I just shit it on him." It's fucking weird. It's really bizarre. Yeah, That's why I've never listened to any of her other songs. So maybe I should if they're that weird. I might actually kind of like. Her. They're not weird. They're not weird like that, but they are weird and just like like I don't. What does bees in the trap even mean? And the video, she's got like two rings, and one says bees, b e z e b e e z, and trap. And you're just like, you listen to the song, you're like I have no fucking idea what bees in the trap means. It's very, it's very weird. I don't and even then you, know. you 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 get away from you leave it saying must be a black thing. 